0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson.
2: Well, welcome to Love Me, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Visa Family and Podcast and a podcast that is presented to you by both DraftKings and Vote oh, Yes on Prop 27. Prop 27 doing everything it can to get everyone online and able to sports bet in the great state of california there's no reason why you're able to sports bet in over half of the nation and you're currently not able to out in california and prop 27 it's working out get californians away from the shady bookies and instead able to bet online so vote yes on prop 27 and Vote yes on a great podcast today as joining me in segment number one, we're going to have Dan Zaborski. I'm going to have a recap here in segment number one as well as what we saw in game one and how the Phillies we're able to overcome a 5-0 to zero deficit and get Game 1 out there in Houston, but we're also going to be joined by Dan because I'm going to try to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter. We're down to the end of the season. We're only going to be breaking down one game a day, so I want to try to give you guys as few commercial breaks as humanly possible, so you're only going to have one break today, so... We're going to be doing that in segment number one, talking with Dan in a few minutes, just getting his thoughts overall on the World Series, the strengths and weaknesses of both of these teams, and where he sees perhaps some fight from the Philadelphia Phillies. and. Part of that came to fruition in game one. And then I'm going to give you guys my picks and analysis for game two of the World Series in segment number two as we touch them all. If you have a question, comment, segment idea, one of you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways. We'll fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at gnrnsquarty1. Keep in mind, what is yeah, Maybe it does not matter, as per usual. Please do send those into the timeline and the other way. That is fine an Apple Podcast Review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated, and then from there you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast by that five star review. Did not really get in any Twitter questions today, but We had a fun game one and a very exciting one, to say the least. So let's dive in and take a look at how the Phillies were able to get the job done. Games from yesterday is
1: Greg buzzing about. Here is the Rowdy Recap.
2: Six to five, the Phillies get it done in 10 innings. And for Justin Verlander, he's got north of a six ERA now in the World Series. Gives up five runs in five innings was spotted a 5-0 lead after three innings as Kyle Tucker was your main guy in terms of doing the mashing. First two home runs of this World Series for him off of Aaron Supernola, was not super himself. He gives up those two home runs, five runs and four and a third innings, and where he thought the strength was going to be for the Astros was actually really the strength for the Philadelphia Phillies. Got to give them credit where credit is due. Five and two-thirds innings scoreless, uh, their bullpen, Sir Anthony Dominguez, five outs out of the bullpen. You had David Robertson. Close things out. He had to go for 25 pitches. Zach Eflin, one and a third inning scoreless. Jose Alvarado, he throws just seven pitches, so he should be good to go on this one. He goes for a scoreless inning, and got to figure we're probably not going to see Ranger Suarez out the bullpen again, or else he's not going to be able to start in Philadelphia at all, likely. But he came in for two-thirds of an inning scoreless as well. And for the Astros, I mean, I'm not going to blame the bullpen for this loss. You did have Luis Garcia... Give up a home run as he went two thirds of an inning. As for the Phillies, supplying the boom, J.T. Remito in the tenth inning. This is really on Justin Verlander. He gets spotted a five to zero lead was probably left in there a little bit too long in my opinion as well. From there, Brian Brave did his part one and two thirds innings scoreless. Hector Nares, and out of the bullpen, Rafael Montero, Ryan Presley. They both give a scoreless inning. Ryan Sweeney was able to get an out out of the bullpen. So overall, five innings to give up one run for the bullpen. Very clear to see who that was on. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, just a really good job of hitting with men in scoring position. 4 of 10 with that regard as Riemito and Bryce Harper were both able to go 2 of 4 for Riamito. He had that big home run, but for Harper, even though it wasn't home runs, he was able to do a good job of moving the line in for Houston. Jose Altuve continues his struggles. He goes 1 of 5 as he's hitting right around a 100. Here in the postseason, Jordan Alvarez, he's been struggling a little bit as well. O of 4 in this game, so the Astros, they do take Game 1, and now we've got to welcome on our guests. As we did this interview with Dan Zaborski while Game 1 was raging on, but here's my chat right now with Dan Zaborski. I'm going to give this to you commercial free, so we'll just go into it right about now. Dan Zaborski does absolutely terrific work over there at Fangraphs. On top of that, he does some work over there at ESPN, as this man does an amazing job taking a look at the great game of baseball. His zips projections are very terrific. And I know that Dan is doing everything that he can to not just project out the World Series, but he's gonna be taking a look forward here soon to be able to take a look at what we're gonna be getting in two thousand twenty-three as well. This fan's work is never done and he always does a great job with it. To be able to follow Dan on Twitter as at the letter D, and then as I same Saborski, S-Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-I, is how you spell it, and Dan. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Always
5: fun to join you, Greg. How are you doing?
2: I am doing terrific, and I am doing terrific now that the World Series has gotten going. Now, as we are recording this, we are unsure of how things shakes out in terms of Game 1 of the World Series, but I do think that it's an interesting one, and I think without question, the Astros should be the favorite in this spot. But how big of a difference did you have between the Astros and the Phillies entering into this World Series? Because I do think that there's a good chance that the Phillies can seal a game or two. As we're recording this, like I said, I'm not sure how game one went, but a guy like an Aaron Nola could be someone that could be able to seal a game for them. In the end, though, I just think that the Astros are a bit too deep.
5: I mean, the Astros are a dangerous team. They won 106 games. There's no question that they are the favorite. But I do think there's a tendency, especially when people are familiar with other sports, to kind of... Overrate the difference between two very good teams in baseball. Zips, for instance, has it 60 40 as opposed to some of the more lopsided estimates. The Pirates took five of six from the Dodgers this year. These teams are a lot closer than the Pirates and Dodgers. The Phillies do have a chance to steal a series if they can, you know, get to. Get to a starting pitcher to try to tire out that bullpen, which is going to be hard because they have Garcia and Narkidi to do long relief. But there is a path for the Phillies to to win the World Series.
2: Yep, there certainly is, and I do think that that path is going to be getting to the Astros' starting pitching and having their starting pitching be just a little bit better in general. Because I do think that the biggest weakness for the Philadelphia Phillies is their bullpen just because we've seen guys time and time again act up a little bit they've had to push Zach Eflin into the bullpen and I'm typically not someone that is too fond of Guys that were starters during the regular season going into the bullpen during the postseason. I'm not sure if there's any other mismatch AUC, but I really think that that's the biggest one when it comes to the series.
5: I think the key when you look at it is the Phillies top two starters. If they get, you know, great starts from Nola and Wheeler, that puts it very close because I'd probably put the two of them in edge. I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but I'd probably put them slightly ahead of Verlander and Valdez by a hair. There's someone cursing at your podcast right <laughs> now. Saying, like, What is the boys doing? I think that Noah and Wheeler, they they can take control of the game. They've both been serious young contenders, uh at Noah this year, Wheeler last year. If they don't, though, if the Astros beat up Wheeler and Nola, then it becomes much more difficult because Ranger Suarez is not on the same level. And with Cinder Garter, that's definitely going to be the weak spot, probably game four. I don't know if the Phillies have the arms to do a bullpen game. The Astros could if they want. They could do that pretty easily. The Phillies' top starters keep a minute. They have a chance. If they blow them out a game or two, then the, the numbers become really difficult for, for the Phillies.
2: Yeah, Ben, you mentioned it with the Astros in that game four. They could go back to Lance McCullers Jr. Heck, Luis Garcia has been able to do a solid job for this team. Christian Javier, when he got the ball against the Yankees and I believe it was game three, he looked absolutely tremendous as well. So there's a lot of mixing and matching. We haven't even mentioned Jose Otakiti as well for this Houston Astros team. So I do think that the depth is certainly going to be in favor there as Dan Zaborski does. Great work over there at Fangrass is joining me on the podcast. I do think that that is sort of how I'm going to be playing this series as well, because you mentioned Wheeler and Nolan. I do think that they give the Phillies a good chance to win, and I do think that it's going to cause for a little bit of a different dynamic when it comes to these games, because the Astros, they've actually been the top under team in all of baseball this far this season because their pitching has been so good. But I take a look at these first two games in Houston. I think that they're going to be much more lower scoring. Meanwhile, when you get to Game 3, Game 4 in Philadelphia, I think that those are games that are going to be a little bit more slugfest, and I do think that that is important to take a look at because I do feel like when you get those big two in Nola and Wheeler, they're going to have a different dynamic rather than the games which are not going to be starting because when you've got Wheeler and Nola on the fold, I do think that the Phillies are probably going to need to slug their way to victory if they're going to be able to pull those out. And slugging
5: the way to victory is not really a bad idea. There's this kind of misconception that home run teams are more erratic, but actually home run teams are actually more stable simply because home runs are more predictive ability than, say, hitting singles, because you don't have the defense in play. I mean, a home run is going to be a home run most places, while, you know, the defense, the difference between a picture, having a bad average on balls in play of 270 and 310, changes the conception of a season completely. I actually ran some of the numbers for the current wildcard era, went back to 95, which was the first actual playoff season we had with the wildcard system, and I looked at teams versus their expected records, and I used some tools to kind of gauge if these teams had characteristics that predicted performance or underperformance, experience didn't, experience in the playoffs didn't, didn't predict anything. You know, singles, team speed, the things that enhanced just team regular season record were a few things on the margins, having a disproportionate amount of your value in, the, in your frontline talent because you could leverage it better in the postseason. And that's, of course, Wheeler and Nola. There's a lot of their team's rotation value is in those two pictures. And another thing that teams that, were more reliant on the home run actually slightly overperformed their expectations because any pitcher will throw a pitch that you can hit a home run and they only need to make one mistake. To string together a few hits, you need a little more help.
2: How much do you also take a look at that in terms of strikeouts too? Because I do think that the biggest fear that I always have with home run hitting teams is the teams where you've got guys that they strike out 150 plus times in a year. And I do think that's important as well because while it's not necessarily predictive, Of a team being able to get those singles, being able to get those doubles in the gap, what have you, just being able to put the ball in play in general, you have a higher percentage of being able to get on base because if you swing and miss, it's just had a big giant nothing burger. And I think that that's something that's important to point out. And that's something that the Astros do a very good job of just not striking out in general.
5: And that is a good thing for them. In general, when you talk about like the big picture, it doesn't really make a huge difference, the team's contact rate. But when you're talking a specific matchup, the Astros and the Phillies, the Phillies do not have a good outfield defense. Generally speaking, I wouldn't be talking out of turn if I said that you would expect a hit in the outfield to be less likely to be caught by a Phillies outfielder than with most teams. They did not expect the Harper injury to result in them having to play Kyle Schwerber and Nick Castellanos in the outfield at the same time. I don't think you can have Luis Robert and I don't think he could really cover that gap. I just want to see something happen and we end up with a Schwerber-Castellanos Harper outfield from an injury or something just because it would be just chaotic
2: yes it certainly would be and I think that that's such a good point that you point out the Phillies outfield we knew it wasn't gonna be supreme coming into the season and the Harper injury it did hurt things and I'm so glad that you bring up that Bryce Harper injury as Sam Zaborski of Fangraphs is joining me on the podcast because I take a look at him and Going into the World Series, I feel like he's the hottest hitter on planet Earth right now, and it's just been a big, giant transformation for this Phillies team because you were talking about it, these home run teams being a little bit more stable, and you tell that when the Phillies were trying to bring Bryce Harper back. He clearly wasn't himself. He wasn't in those home runs, three home runs in the last 35 games of the regular season. But now in the postseason that he's himself, it has really been able to fortify this lineup. And I do think that he could be the ultimate X factor in either lineup just because of the way that he is hitting right now and being able to return to form has been massive for this Philly scene.
5: And there's Nick Castellanos. What if, I mean, yes, he's had a poor season, but what if during a telecast with Nick Castellanos at the play, The broadcasters relay some sad news because there have been, I might count, I forget if it's three or four times there's been an apology on the air or the report of a death or Memorial Day. A very solemn announcement has been made while Castellanos has been on the plate and he's hit a home run in three seasons, four home runs. So I think that... It would be beneficial for the Phillies if something sad happens. Not that you want something sad to happen, but that is one of those X factors.
2: Tom Brady has retired from the NFL, and there's a <laughs> bow in the left field, and that is a Nick Casciano's home run. Boy, would that be absolutely tremendous right there, And Dan. We're going to tie a bow around it with this. How do you think that this World Series is going to go? I recognize that this is going to air after game one, but with that said – Who do you think is going to be able to get the job done, and how many games do you got it?
5: I'm going to say Astros, and I'm going to say seven games, simply because I always say seven games, even though I think the Phillies have a chance. I mean, if I'm just picking the favorite with no odds attached, I have to take the Astros.
2: Yep, I'm right there with you. I do think that the Astros are going to be able to get it done. I certainly hope it's not going to be four or five games like we saw in the ALCS oh, no. and uh. the NLCS. And I do think that it's going to be closer than that. The Phillies have been able to play some very tremendous baseball. I do think that this Astros team is just a little bit too loaded, though. And a man that is just loaded up with absolutely terrific content is you, Dan. You do amazing work. taking a look at the great game of baseball. Love the good people at home. Know what's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms.
5: Well, as mentioned at the top of the segment, you can find me at D Zimborski on Twitter, D-S-Z-Y-M-B-O-R-S-K-I. You can find me at Fangraphs once in a while, still at ESPN. I'm not full-time there anymore. I haven't really been since 2018, so it's not exactly a new development. We'll have our coverage. I believe I'm writing the gamer for game six, and then I'm getting Zips ready because the projection season never ends.
2: No, it certainly does not. I know about this all too well with college basketball. Immediately when the nets are cut down, it leads into the worry too early top twenty-five for the next season. And Dan does that in baseball, and no doubt I think that it's going to be a very fascinating offseason as well as we're going to have some big-ticket free agents and are going to be causing quite a bit of movement. We've got some young teams that certainly are going to be a little bit better, and Dan is going to be weighing all that out and so much more. We'll take a, a tremendous look at the World Series. Always appreciate the time of Dan Zaborski on this podcast. Big thanks to him for joining me on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vista Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis for Game 2 of the World Series and a little something I like tall to touch 'em Touch them all.
4: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy, and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeart Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
1: Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball. This is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're
2: back to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beats and Family Podcast. Always a pleasure to get to Dan Zaborski aboard. He does tremendous work over there at Fangraphs. He has joined me quite a bit throughout the baseball season, so always a pleasure to have his insights on this show. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis for Game 2 of the World Series and a little something like to call Touch'em All. If a game is listed on the betting board,
1: Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all.
2: You know that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GNN underscore 81. Very easy to go in Las Vegas rotation order when, well, you've got one game to go about it. So, yeah, we are going to be able to keep this very nice, neat, clean, and easy. So, Let's dive in as we've got 953, 954 on the betting board. It is the Houston Astros and they are going to be playing host to the Philadelphia Phillies. Zach Whelan and Dylan Wheeler is going to be going for the Phillies and you've got Fromber Valdez who is on the mound for the Astros and for the Astros you are fighting them as a favorite of anywhere between minus 129 and minus 140 between plus 118 and plus 129 is the number on the Phillies. 70 is the total. The under is between minus minus one ten and minus 120. The over that is anywhere between even a minus 110 and I did make the Phillies a uh, plus 122 underdog. I need at least a plus 122 to be able to get there and we have gotten there so I'm going to be willing to take a shot there and with that I am also going to be taking a look at this little under and the under that is going to be the DK Nation right up and reason why I'm going to be going with the under is just because you've got the varying juice, so it's not like I would be on the Phillies at every single sports book according to the current number. Meanwhile, I'm on the under according to all the sports books, as I set my total at a 6.6. And I do think that Mr. Whelan and Nealan Wheeler is going to be able to shove, unlike the starters that we saw yesterday. He has been tremendous all throughout the month of October 36 and a third innings, five runs allowed across his five starts, and I think that it's very big that he did get the extra day of rest because you may recall that Zach Wheeler, he was actually on the injured list when the uh, month of September was raging on. He was really a little bit banged up. And you can tell that the team was holding back his pitch count a little bit in that series against the San Diego Padres. He was going mostly between about 80 and 90 pitches. So I do think that this day of rest does a lot of good from without completely throwing off his sort of equilibrium and the way that he's been operating in general. Meanwhile, from Humber he's been able to do a solid job as well. He has given up a combined two earned runs, four runs in total, over the course of his last three starts since the beginning of the month of October, so he's been able to do his part though, I will say. He had 25 straight starts in which he went six plus innings, giving up three runs or fewer. He has only went six plus innings in one out of his last five starts. I do think that he's going to be able to rebound and has done an amazing job of just being able to keep the ball in the yard in general. He has given up a grand total of 11 home runs here between the regular season and the postseason. That's right around 0.5 home runs per 9 innings. At home this season, he's got an ERA that's touching nearly a 350. He does give up right around 3 walks per 9 innings when he is at home. That's a little bit of an issue, but he is backed up by a bullpen that has a sub-1 ERA in the postseason. This bullpen has went 38 innings, giving up four runs. So, you know what to expect out of the Astros bullpen. For the Phillies, they did have the worst bullpen ERA in the National League post Star break. I will say this though. So. They've got here in the postseason, a sub-3 ERA. They've been able to do a good job of mixing and matching. Now, you know that there's going to be a few guys who are most likely not going to be able to come back. Some like Sir Anthony Dominguez and David Robertson. They both threw 20 plus pitches. So That is a little bit tough and that means Brad Handu. Overall this year, I know he gets a bad rap. He's been halfway decent. Here in the postseason, he is, but and well, straight-up garbage, but that said you'll have him available along with Conor Brogdon and Andrew Bellotti. Not the world's greatest arms, but at the same time, they're fine. And for the Astros, you still have Rafael Montero is going to be out there in the bullpen. He's been solid all season long, you're going to be able to look to Jose Erquidy if you need a little bit more long relief. Hunter Brown has spent some of that. They've been able to turn into a nice bullpen piece and for the Astros, we got Jose Altuve right now for the postseason, hitting right around a 100. And it's not been good for the team. Jordan Alvarez has been in a little bit of a funk as well. He hit those two massive home runs against the Seattle Mariners, but but that said, this is someone that has three hits over the course of his last six postseason games, so he has been going a little bit cold at the plate as well, so do we want to take note of that. The bottom of the fold for the Houston Astros, by and large, has been able to do a solid job. Yoli Gurriel here in the postseason hitting above a three hundred chance. McCormick had that nice home run against the New York Yankees. He's been solid as well as Jeremy Pena. Not the world's greatest night on Friday, but that said, he's been able to do a nice job moving the line through home runs here in the postseason. Kyle Tucker hits a pair of home runs yesterday and even Martin Maldonado has been able Pick it up a little bit. And then for the Philadelphia Phillies, Bryce Harper, five home runs, hitting well above a 420 here in the postseason. Nick Castellanos he's been able to pick it up a little bit more as well. Kyle Schwarber's his feats are famine, but it seems like the back half of the Padres series was able to get him going as well. Gene Segura has been able to move the line, hitting about a 250 here in the postseason. Brandon Marsh had an extra base hit yesterday as well, but I do think that both Frombervaldez and and Zach Wheeler are going to be able to give better starts. I give the edge to Zach Wheeler though. Wheeler just has better command in general. I think that the extra day of rest once again that is exactly what he needed. I think that now that he's coming off of five days rest, he's not overly rusty, but at the same time he's going to be dialed in. He's going to be good to go. He's also only given up three walks over the course of his last five starts. He's got a better strikeout rate than Framber Valdez, who is right around nine strikeouts per nine innings. So I will say six plus punchouts in four out of his last five starts, so he's been able to do a solid job of firing there, but that said for the Phillies, need at least a plus 122 but I am siding with them, and then the DK Nation pick, that is going to be on the under and that will wrap things up. For the Saturday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, a big thanks to Dan Zaborski of Fangraphs for joining me in live last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever your podcast Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you, for this podcast, you've got one of two ways we be able to those in. First one is by Twitter timeline, at JNR score do you want? keep in mind letters EM yeah. they I mean it does not matter so as per usual please just send these into the timeline the other way is find an Apple podcast review if you're at this podcast five stars it is very much appreciated from there you're able to fire whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five star review you'll be coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season that means I'll be coming at you once again tomorrow thank you so much for tuning in
3: Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m. Wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m. Grab seats for the game. Come on, pick 6 p.m. Book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com/slash-withamex. Terms apply.